Welcome to 242, a podcast of the Buffalo Vineyard Church, where we have conversations about topics that matter to our lives as followers of King Jesus. This is episode 14. I'm talking about Christian activism with Elijah Shamenda. We ask the question, is Christian political activism right or wrong? We talk a little bit about evangelicals and the faith works divide or debate. We talk about protest movements and political theater. We talk a little bit about the church's response to the Black Lives Matter movement. We define the gospel and we encourage the church to be involved in the conversation. All right. So, Elijah, we are about to find out yes. whether or not we agree or disagree on the topic we're about to discuss. Okay. So, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you you had said that you had a topic and you had picked this topic because you were thinking that we might have more disagreement, but you were worried <laughs> that we might just think exactly the same <laughs> yeah. things, and then this would be a really boring podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a great idea, Elijah. <laughs> I think... <laughs> All right, so what's you're, the, gonna, you're what? just gonna agree for no reason. <laughs> just, just, just the same. I bag. do think the moon is made of cheese. Yeah, man. What are we talking about? All right, so so today we just really want to have like a really good conversation about um, activism, the church, right? Um, what part of that is do we see in the gospel? Um, there's a lot of conversations around that right now. People are being labeled things, whether it's woke or liberal or, or whatever. And there's this almost this this seems like this delineating line when you start saying these social issues need to be engaged with. Um, and then like or and like this is the gospel. Right. And so like in, in a lot of tribes right now in my tribe and in, in the Wesleyan denomination, like this is this is a bone of contention right now, which is very, mm-hmm. very fiery um, and trying to figure out like what part does the community have to play in that? What part does the individual have to play in that? Um, and so, um, yeah, like just really want to want to engage in that. I'm sure that we're going to maybe touch on some things as far as like race or or uh, gender and stuff like that. So, well, why don't we start by defining a couple of terms? Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> when you say activism, what do you mean? Yeah, I think when 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 I am I'm talking about this is um, to to be very specific is that we see that there's an issue that needs to be um, engaged with um, not only spiritually but like physically, right? Like. So, I mean, are you talking specifically politics or no outside of the realm of politics as well? Well, I think we can, I think we can get into that. Right. Well, that's so when I, when I hear the term activism or an active, like if somebody's called an activist, yeah, I'm what I, what I'm immediately thinking of is somebody who is either directly involved with or advocating for some sort of political change. Yeah. I think like, yeah, definitely we could, we can, we can go there. Um, you know, so like anything from like abortion maybe, right. Like we want to see change happen there, right? Or to criminal justice, or to, um, you know, um, I, this is where I, I would wonder if that definition would would connect when we're talking about maybe feeding like the hungry, right? Like sure, I don't right. want to just talk about it. Like I don't necessarily need legislation to help me better feed the hungry. Like we could maybe do it better from a a larger perspective. Yep. But like I can engage my church in saying like, Hey, we need to, we need to 
care about the poor because God cares about the poor. Well, so that's why I think the definition is a little important is that there, so some of the pushback that I can imagine, um, that people might have to the idea of activism in the church, like it depends on how you define it, but I could see two different kind of lines of pushback. One would be that's political and we don't want to go there. Right. The other would be that's works and we don't want to go there. Yeah. Right. And I would, so I would say, depending on how you define activism, you've got two different kinds of potential for pushback. So if it's, you know, let's say around, I don't know, criminal justice reform or, um, you know, abortion legislature change, both of those are, are like contentious issues in, in our, in our country. Right. And in different corners of the church. And so, you know, I could see somebody saying like, I don't think we should be getting political in that way. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's a very different pushback than, you know, Hey, we want to like feed the poor in our community. No, we really just need to focus on evangelism. That's works. And what we need to do is make sure that we save souls. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, like the, the, those two different pushbacks are coming from two very different kinds of people. Yeah. Two different. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. why I was curious. Like when you say activism, what exactly you mean? Well, I that? think, yeah, I think like there's, there's an issue. And I think, uh, for me in, in both of those spaces, but maybe for the sake of this conversation, let's, let's make the first one, maybe the, the, the yeah. large one. Cause I think that's the one that we see right in uh, the news um, that, sure. that people which are unsaved are making judgments on yep. right for better or for worse. Um, and then like, maybe we could sprinkle that in if we remember at the, the other part. Um, I think we should do that. Cause I would imagine that you and I come down on, on a, on an identical place with the second one, which yeah. is that, yeah. you know, the, God clearly cares about the salvation of individuals and the invitation of individuals into relationship with himself. Um, and the church should care about that. And God also cares about what we might call like social issues. God cares about, you know, hungry people being fed. He cares about, you know, lonely people being loved. He he cares about all of that stuff and the church should care about that too. And, to differentiate between those two is to fail to understand God's heart. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And I, and I would even go to as far as to say is that I think like the evangelical church, um, doesn't understand that idea of like works and faith and grace and all that. Like, I think we have a, um, we have a, um, an understanding that is maybe post reformation that was in reaction to something as mm-hmm. opposed to maybe what, um, Paul is trying to work out. The, I in, think the evangelical so. church as a whole is better is doing better than that. I think yeah. it's actually certain smaller. Subset. You think so? I, yeah. I, I, now I won't even just say the evangelical. I'm talking about when I say the church. I, I, I say I don't know if I did. I say evangelical. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me actually widen that. I, I think the church, mm-hmm. like you know, what I'm saying, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't put in the Eastern Orthodox Church. I would say like the Western um, Church. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe um, Catholic. I don't Definitely. know, man. I do think, I think that there, so there are no, plenty actually, of Christians. I would say the Catholic gets, the Catholic church gets this. I think they, there's no tension there. I would say, I'm trying to think. It would definitely. Elijah and Steve will determine which section of the church <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> no, no, I don't think like, I just think that there is a miss. Do we have to get it? Do, do we have to get elected bishop first before we can have this? Conversation? It might be, might be, you know what I'm saying? It might be before we can bring it to uh, the Pope. No, I, I just think like there's a misunderstanding between like the way that works acts. I think in in the in the effort to be on that five sola page, right? Um, and you, you get what I'm saying by that. Obviously, or maybe I, I, don't I know do. But again, I wouldn't read. define evangelical 
in in those same terms. I mean, well, that's why I said post Reformation, right? Well, like, I mean, but like the corner of the church that I'm a part of and the corner of the church that you're a part of are both evangelical and would yeah. not agree with the five sola page. Man, like the Wesleyans have rejected you, that, and definitely the vineyards aren't aren't like in in like word. But you don't think that they they act out on that. There's not scripture alone. Like there's not an idea that like you know um, the way that they engage with like in Christ alone. You know what I'm saying scripture alone for the glory of the God God the Father alone. You know all that. Like you don't I mean, think like that's that's got like zero impact on the vineyard. You don't no the vineyard and I my understanding of like the Wesleyan heritage is that that's not really what the Wesleyans are about either uh, yeah I, I mean, mean you to you I would you, say that's your tribe I, I would tell you no 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 I, I would say like I think like originally no but like I think like the more we head down um this way where I I view the the evangelical church mm. um I think we've we've all the 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 major denominations are more conservative and think this way, right? So like that that divide between like that liberal conservative divide or whatever which came along whatever in the 1950s or whatever. Like I think that was a parsing out where we see like the difference between mainline which is more on this activist like we sure. right like we we need to engage this way to like it is all about the bible. And I would say they were definitely like and I'll say most of evangelical evangelicalism in the West definitely lands in that in that same. They might not have started there, but I would say like if you look at the way that they respond to these conversations, I, would I guess I that. just think there's a lot of there's a lot of denominations that uh, and and churches and Christians that would go in the evangelical bucket that aren't in the kind of like reformed bucket or yeah. you know what I mean. And so, yeah. whereas like I think the that that kind of like. Um, I just know too many evangelicals, both personal, like just people that I know and too many like public evangelicals and too many specific, you know, evangelical institutions that I think actually have it right on the issue of works and faith. Um, I know plenty that have it wrong too. So like, I'm not saying that that isn't a problem that exists, but I know too many that have it right. That just, I don't know. I like, I've probably heard a thousand sermons. Mm Mm-hmm where like spelling out that it is about faith. It's faith. It's our faith in Christ that, that um, saves and restores, but that that automatically leads to transformation, which leads to good works. Like I've heard that a thousand times. Yeah. Usually while they're also talking about the problem of like not understanding faith and works. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard a sermon from somebody who didn't understand that though. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's more of a trope that people don't get it than people don't I, well, get. Well, I, I I think like I, I know they're out there. I no no I agree with you, and I I wouldn't even say I just I just believe that you know you know if we if we circle that maybe to the the main part that we're talking about the type mm-hmm. of activism that that enters into the political realm right right I think that we we parse those those two out too, too much. Right? Well, so that's why I think it's actually important for me to, to, to make this point about the evangelical church is that if you are going to talk about the, let's keep it to America, the American church, the American church's engagement with activism. Mm-hmm. And there clearly are American Christians who are, 
all for Christian activism and there are American Christians who are all against American activism. And then there's the people in the middle. So it's not just the evangelicals who are pro-activism. Like there's an evangelical, there's, there's a chunk of evangelicals that are pro-activist. There's a chunk of evangelicals that are anti-activist. And there's also a chunk of the more progressive churches that are pro-activist and a chunk of the more progressive churches that are anti-activist. And it, it's all going to depend on the activists that you put in front of them, how they're going to respond. So if you say, yeah. should Christians be engaged in activism to end abortion in America? All the evangelicals are going to say, yay, we love activism. And yeah, all the progressives yeah. are going to say, activism is bad. Well, see, I, so I, that's where I think like I probably disagree a little bit there because I think that they don't look at it as activism. Right. Well, I right. think, I think when our think, guys do it, it's good stuff, but yeah. when your guys do it, it's bad stuff. Yeah. And that's, and I think that that's probably the more of the underlying conversation is that, you know, at what point do we start, do we look at uh, the way that we engage the world in a holistic manner and not take sides of like, like when I, my, my team does it, it's, it's, it's righteous and it's the gospel and this is what God wants. And when your team does it, like you're, you know, whatever, you're this, you're that, you know, mm-hmm. these, these things that we say to each other. And I think that's the, that, that really is like the fundamental thing, which I, I, you know, the problem that I think we're dealing with in the, in the States right now. Right. Like, and so like, what is that naming that, you know, how do we engage with that? Why is the church falling into that? Like, yep, I think, yeah, uh, you know, having, Having those conversations, we never really had. Okay. So I think we're 12 minutes in, 13 minutes in. And that's like our, so that's our introduction. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But why don't you and I both just succinctly answer the question, should Christians be engaged in political activism? What do you think? Yes. Yes. I think so. I think, I think they should be. And, and for this reason, I think one, right, like we are, Specifically in the West, in the West, we have been given um, a space in the uh, uh, where we live that the the what the way that we think and the way that we believe um, in in uh, in this republic with democracy, right, and like voting and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you can right work to see the kind of change by influence happen, right, um, in in a in a, um, in a, in, you know, in, in a natural way, right? Like you don't have to brainwash anybody. You can give your best argument and it can either fall flat or people can say like, Hey, I want to jump up on top of that. Right. Um, and I think as believers, right. Um, when you kind of look at our history in the church, we were so, um, you know, different from others, Right. In the way that we lived, in the way that we engaged with the world and the way that we behaved, that it naturally affected the world around them in the first century. Right. And so, like, I think I there was a time which I would definitely have said, like, no, like we shouldn't. But I I think the more that I think about like it is this is a gift that we've been given that really no other time in history uh, has has there been like uh, an opportunity to this magnitude to be able to so affect the culture around, you know what I'm saying? Not just in our actions, but in the way that we can just engage in public discourse and come to a public square. And so that that's the reason why I think like we should. So that's my answer. So I would give a qualified yes. So okay. 
So we're mostly in agreement, but not, not completely. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to, we need to find, uh, I don't know. We're going to have to like fight about our favorite hockey team or exactly. something like that. I don't know. Um, no, I, 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 so I would say that, um, I mean, so one of the qualifications you would probably agree with, and that is that not all Christians everywhere should be deeply engaged in political activism, but, but clearly some people, some Christians, some corners of the church should be like, I think that, so that's a qualification. I think that just like not all Christians should be called to be architects, um, but some should be, Yeah, the same is true around political activism. Um, that it's clearly something the church should be engaged in. Um, but that doesn't mean everybody. Yeah. But I think the other, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's a caveat and then there's also like a, I don't know, just like Steve's gut. Um, yeah. So I think the, the other caveat is, um, oh man, did I lose it? Oh yeah, no, there it is. It came back. I <laughs> saw you literally pick I it know, out there. I was like, oh, there it is. I found it. It was like off to my right and slightly above my shoulder. Uh, <laughs> that's where that thought, that's where thoughts go when I can't find them. Um, holy cow, I lost it again. That's <laughs> <No>. amazing. <laughs> this, it's back. It's back. All right. I uh, am deeply, deeply disturbed by the idea that politics encompasses all of life. Yeah. I think that that's a, I don't know if I would call it an unchristian idea or not. I I'm tempted to, I'd have to think about it more, but I definitely see it as a destructive idea and an unhelpful idea. Um, I think it's an idea promoted by power hungry people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just don't like it. So, so I think I, I worry about any, impulse to grab hold of the reins of power to force other people to live in accordance to God's yeah. God's will. Like yeah. that, that scares me. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent with you. Right. And so, so, so yeah. like when we start talking about like, uh, you know, political activism as, as Christians, it's like, yeah, like there, like people, there are Christians who should be doing that, but like, is that really the path to, you know, the state has a monopoly on violence. So boy, Christians should get their hands on the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. we should do right yeah. there. You know, it's like, uh, or, or maybe not. Now yeah. the alternative is the state has a monopoly on violence. Therefore we want no Christian influence on it whatsoever. That's yeah. equally bad. Yeah. Right. So yeah, like, definitely. like, yes, the, I want Christians engaged in the, you know, like, yeah, I want Christians engaged. I want us to be salt and light in, in every corner of society. So yes, we yeah. should be engaged in politics and political activism but the idea that, you know, the real ministry of the church is in wielding the sword of the state to enforce its will upon the populace. Yeah. Oh boy. No. So, so that's a big caveat. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I agree with you and I, I think you, you probably agree with where I'm going to go with this too. Um, is that I think, I think like part of the reason why we're, we're in the mess that we've been in on both sides, uh, Democrat and Republican is because, um, the church has been used Right. Yeah, right. Right. To, to be able to, to do those things. Right. We were pitched, Hey, get your hand on the sword of the state. But exactly. really actually what was going on is yeah. the sword was wielding the church. Exactly. And, and just like recklessly. Oh, and it's just like, that's, that is the, that is definitely the issue. And so like what happens? So like, I'm, I'll tell you a little bit. My story is that I, I've, I've seen that growing up 
And that made me say, like, I, I don't think, like, there's no place. There's not a place. Like, it's not till the last couple of years that I've actually switched my position yeah. on this, right? Like, I, I just did not believe that there was a place where politics can, like, where the church can can effectively, because, you know, affect the political realm for the good of the nation, you know, yeah. um, because, like, I was just like, it's so corrupt. It's so just, it's just a... Uh, just a wasteland of just like sludge. Like, why would you? The church isn't like that bad, that? Elijah. <laughs> I did. That's ah, oh, nah. You not gonna get me this time. <laughs> I said politics. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's politics so, is the wasteland of sludge. I thought you were talking about the church. Okay, guy. I gotta watch what I say here. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Papa Elijah. I didn't mean to slander your son's good name. Good lord. No. And so, like, so for me, right? Like, um. I've, I've shifted. Right. Um, but I think w- what you what you do have and what you've always had is that um, a history of the church also delaying to engage in meaningful things. Right. Yeah, sure. That that should uh, that that tug at the heart of God that are all of the gospel. Right. Um, and 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 what we what we do is um, because like our fear of you know, maybe saying like being sullied by like the world or whatever politics or whatever, um, we react in the opposite lane. Now, some of that has nothing to do with that. Some of the reaction has nothing to do with that. But I, I honestly think that some, a lot of uh, some of that reaction in the church is that like somehow we are not going to be able to preach like the good news of Jesus if we focus on these things, right? Yeah. Equally on the other side, right? So it makes sure that balance. Any church that is full of just activism and just like we need to go for this new thing or whatever will burn itself out. There's no one who has the capacity just to be like, we're always, you know, doing this or marching here and doing all whatever. Like it has to be, there has to be a, a, a definite balance, right? Like of, of like hearing God's voice on when to move on certain things, um, but like I, I do think like some of the, where I where I get frustrated um, and a little while back, I wrote that thing, an open letter to pastors in, in Western yeah. New York is is the, is like issues, you know, like come into race. Right. Yeah. Where the church has been wildly quiet in certain corners. Right. To well, so I, I do think it's important to like I want to I want to keep going in this direction, yeah. but I do think it's important so often when we say church and, and I mean, we, you and me, I also mean we Christians, whenever we use the word church, what we really mean is the corner of the church that I belong to. Yeah. And, and I think that matters because I don't actually think it's fair to characterize God's people in America as largely silent on political issues. I think that there are corners of the church and sometimes like, so if you're talking about yeah. the Wesleyan church or the vineyard church or the evangelical church or even the Protestant church, then maybe you can start. But like when you start looking at because here's the thing, not all. So, so there are places where it's fair to say exactly what you yeah. said, but most of the time when you have like some sort of moral issue confronting our society, there might be a bunch of Christians who don't care about it, but usually the people who are actually driving the concern around the, those issues are Christians yeah. Right. And so the church is leading the charge to address the problem while also simultaneously the church is blinding itself or, or yeah, okay. That's a good point. Right. And I, so like, I, I, it, I'll, like I'll we do yeah. have to actually be willing to say, and, and so it's not, it's not to say that, that, that you're pointing at something that doesn't exist. You are pointing at something that does exist and yeah. does need to be addressed. 
but just nuancing our language a little bit and recognizing that actually there are ways that the church really is addressing these issues and that Christians really are engaging. It's just that we're not doing it together as a whole. Yeah. And I th- are, okay. So that's, so like, I think that's the key point, right? Like there's a not togetherness mm-hmm. that is that, right? There's a disunity right. that makes people feel isolated, right? right? And I so think, case in point, you brought up, you brought up racial politics, yeah. or racial justice. Yeah. And that was, I think that's the, that's where like, at least for me, my frustrations have been right. Yeah. Um, because, uh, it, you know, it, it would seem like there's a section of the church, which is like, Hey, this is, this is serious. And there's an, another s- section of the church, which is saying like, no, like this is not, this is not that serious enough, or I'm not going to get involved. I'll, right. I'll, I'm, I'm willing to have like quiet conversations in back rooms with it, but I'll, I'll never step up on my, you know, mm-hmm. saying on the stage in front of my folks and say like, Hey, like we need to have this conversation. And I've had those conversations and that's what I think frustrates me, you know, and to the point where I just to tell people like, Hey man, I, I'm not going to, you're asking me to come and do, you know, podcasts or this or that with you. I'm like, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like I've had to shut people down to say like, I, I, I won't be used as a, um, as a tool to be able to say like, Hey, like I had this conversation, right? Like we need to engage in these conversations as a whole. Like we, all of us need to. And I would even say people from my own tribe, right? Like I've had conversations (laughs) in meetings where folks have, you know, intimated like, Hey, what you're talking about is not the gospel. Right. Um, and so these are people, which I'm like, I do, I do like work with, right. Like we're in our the same tribe we're Wesleyans and all this stuff. And like, what you're like, and those, and that's, that's what I mean when I'm having, when I'm saying th- this conversation, obviously, I mean, you know, like I, I do think I do, I do get frustrated sometimes when we, we throw the baby out with the bathwater, we, we labeled the whole church. So yeah, I, I want to be more careful and more specific as I say that, right? Um, because there's there's a lot of the church which is doing some some really good things. Yeah. Um, but I do. Again, think, I knew you knew that. Yeah. I just think yeah, it is no, important. It's, it's to, important to say to mm-hmm. point it out. Yeah. So there's I didn't get to I didn't get to tell you about my gut yet. So I want to tell you about my gut. Okay. And then I then I have another question. Actually, a couple of questions. Um, and and I I think it would be I do want to come back to like the the, the the specific example you brought up of race, I think it would be good for us to dig into that a little bit more as yeah. a way of talking about this, to have like something specific that we're referencing. Yeah, yeah. But, and actually, yeah, now that I think about it, the what I wanted to tell you about with my gut, um, <laughs> <laughs> like race, it, 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 I'll tell you a story that has to do with race, race and politics. Um, but so my gut instinct when it comes to kind of like protest Christianity or even just protest movements in general. Yeah is that they really bother me. Um, now that's a gut response, not an intellectual response. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I get you. I've, I have really wrestled with the fact and I'll, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I'm at intellectually, but then I'll tell you the story. Um, so basically I'm just like, yeah, like kind of public displays of like, you know, what, whatever you want to call it. Those like, uh, kind of like symbolic acts of, of, you know, yeah. Like they're, they're not really acts of justice. They're more like acts of like symbolic something or other, you know, yeah. like I really don't like them. They really bother me a lot. I, I find myself, what's, what's that, where they call it? Like, it's like sympathetic embarrassment or sympathetic. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Where yeah, they no, get I get ashamed you. on behalf yeah. of other people. Yeah. I like experienced that a lot. Yeah. Um, 
But I've been really challenged by the fact that Jesus himself engages in those kinds of acts in several places in scripture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So as much as I don't like it, it, it bothers me, it rubs me the wrong way. I also can't just throw it out and say that it's not something that faithful Christians should engage in. Um, yeah. And I think I, I have figured out it, that at least part of what bothers me is seeing, um, seeing hypocrisy or a lack of authenticity in some of those symbolic acts. Whereas with Jesus, like clearly the acts, the symbolism that he engaged. So like, you know, throwing over the tables in the temple or something like that. Yeah. Clearly it's symbolic. He wasn't actually accomplishing anything by doing that. Yeah. He was communicating by doing that. Right. Cause they, they just picked up the coins and the tables and went right back to doing what they were doing. Yeah. He, he accomplished nothing with that. And so if his goal was changing the system, he did nothing. If his goal was communicating a powerful point, he accomplished his purpose. Yeah. Right. So that was this symbolic act. And there are other places where Jesus engages in those kinds of like, it's like public theater, right? Mm -hmm. Which I hate. I hate I hate that, but Jesus did it. But it, at least in Jesus's case, you have to acknowledge that it grew out of his like deep, deep character commitments, right? These were not, like these were, this was not hypocritical. He was not playing. And so, and I don't know how much of it is that. I don't know how much of it's that that bothers me or if it's something else, but I, I've been wrestling with that for years. Yeah. So let me tell you this story, right? This is like the like quintessential experience that I've had of this, although I've had it in other places, but this is kind of like the, the story that takes the cake. Um, so years ago, I was invited to come to this rally downtown. I don't even remember all the specifics about it, but it was kind of like a, oh, it was, it was during the, um, the Trump election, okay. the, the first one, right? So he was, he was finally like kind of like a viable candidate at this point, but I don't think he had won the, the maybe it was after he won the Republican um, nomination, but yeah. some, somewhere around there. Anyway, so there was, um, there was a, a local, I think it was the, the, the county guy had made some like dumb comments about immigration and immigrants. And so there was some sort of a protest downtown um, in front of the county building. And um, uh, so I got invited by somebody that I like and trust and they mm -hmm. were a part of it, uh, organizing this event. I'm like, all right, I'll go. Even though I don't really like to go to stuff like that, I'll go. I believe in this cause, you know, like I think as Christians, we should be welcoming newcomers in yeah, like that's, yeah. you know, like, um, and, uh, and I don't like xenophobic statements from our, our public officials. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. Christians should support that. So like, I'll go. And I'd been to political protests and rallies before. So I kind of knew what I was walking into, into, but I just got shocked by it. And so basically this is what, like, there was a lot about it that I didn't like, but what really, really grossed me out is there were lines of white people mm -hmm. Stand, they are standing in line to get their picture taken with like the few <laughs> brown people at the rally. That's, that's insane. So like, like selfies, with, it was so gross, man. That's, it was so gross. And I'm like, I just got to leave. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't be there for it. Yeah. Right. And it was like, dude, what is this? Yeah, like, how not, is this? Yeah. Like what people think is helping in any way. It was so bad. Yeah. And I, and I left halfway through and I've, I, so that's kind of where like my gut is at is yeah, like, I yeah. just can't stand that stuff. But also at the same time, like what, and, and again, maybe at the end of the day, it is about authenticity and that's it. But I still have a hard time with political theater. I just don't like it. Yeah. I think like I, so I, I went to the BLM. Um, um, and this was before that. So yeah. this wasn't specifically BLM. Yeah. No, no. I was just saying like, uh, 
No, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. I, I went to the BLM after the George Floyd thing that happened here, and I, I went and um, really, I, I would say, and I can say this honestly, I, I didn't necessarily go. No, yeah, I, I didn't go to um, the the march because I was in support of like the march, which I'm I'm perfectly fine saying like Black Lives Matter. I understand what that means. I I know how to. I'm a grown. Um, so what it means is that you are a Marxist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I was about to say is I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a grown blank man. And so I can differentiate like, you know, the um, uh, the movement and like what the words are trying to communicate. And so because I, I right. know people like get really caught up with that. And so like, you know, if you want to at me is uh, at Steve Shank. So like, like whatever, <laughs> like, don't, like don't don't talk. It's, it's like it's fine. Like, whatever. Uh, like, you know what I mean? so um, but um, I. So, but I, I went because I wanted to see how the sausage is made, right? Like, I wanted to see what, like, what is this stuff really about? Like, what's going on at these things? Um, and so I went to the, I how, went to the how rally. much squirrel? <laughs> exactly, how much squirrel is actually in this uh, supposed to be like 100% beef, whatever sausage link? Uh, and so I, I go to the. I can accept like five percent. That's all right. I, I can no. <laughs> I don't want any squirrel. Five <laughs> percent's fine, man. What Eddie's, you got to keep the, the rat below two percent and the squirrel below five percent. The hint of coconut. There's got to be at least seventy five percent beef. <laughs> Less than one percent other. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like anyway, so my standards aren't that high. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I go, I go to this thing. I go to the, I go to the rally. And like I, what I, what I watch were people which are really passionate. I watched yes. people which are political theater, right? And I, and I also saw someone set up, um, what became, you know, what was a peaceful rally, um, with with all different black, white, Native American, Hispanic, all that, right? Like just kind of like getting it, which and and like the 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 rally was actually ending well. Mm. Buffalo peacekeepers, which like they're awesome, like they're out there to make sure, like hey. Like this thing does what it's supposed to do and everybody goes home safe and there's nothing crazy. And then I watched a, a couple bad actors basically right. s- start staging stuff pro- like getting like it was it was it was demonic. That's the only way I can I can I can explain it like whispering in people's ears to go up and like start confronting like the guards which came out there. Now, I will also say that like whoever the police, the, like the, the police people at the, the building up there in the square um you know it, it, during around town hall like they were really stupid like i would never like why would you put like armed guards with like in tactical gear and tactical like you you're just asking for something like it was literally about to die down so it, it, there was two parties that were definitely in, which i think just like one which I, I i don't think meant for it to escalate but they 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 fed into like the worst thing that could possibly happen the other group which was just like whispering in people's ear ears and then i saw a guy pop like can a can of something like and just like drop like strategically like dropping it around the place like and i just stood there i was like wow this is really happening and like within like minutes like literally the things that he dropped people started throwing like they weren't there before like and that dude disappeared like he was gone and he was the loudest voice when he was there he was riling people up um, you know, at one point, one guy, uh, came to like calm the one guy down, he calmed him down and the dude, which was like, had dropped some stuff literally like 
confronted the guy who was calming this dude down and was like about to like fight him right kind of thing and this this guy i think i think he's led like rallies or whatever peaceful rallies i think he's a pastor in the city he was in a suit he was in a blue suit he was just like man i'm i'm not trying to get beat up by this like 20 something year old dude who looks like he just you know came out of prison like you know what i'm saying like it was just like i remember just watching like wow is this what this what happens and the guy just like left the older gentleman left and said like all right i'm not like you know and the guy, and then he went back into that ear, the ear of that one guy, and the dude went up, and like that's what ended up being the beginning of those crazy nights right. in Buffalo, those like three crazy nights that we had that right. ended up us on CNN. Like I was there when it started, yeah. and so like, so yeah, like I see that, and I say I can see like why that yeah. you know people see the end of that, and they don't see the other stuff right. that comes with that, right? Obviously, right? No, I mean, and I think. Like, to your point, the vast majority of people who are engaged in in protest, I think, are um, at least on some level honestly motivated. I think there's probably a whole heck of a lot of just kind of like pat myself on the back too. Yeah. Um, and and that's the stuff that I, like I almost am more disgusted by like the that like innocent pat myself on the back, look at me, I'm a good person, than I am the guy who's like, hey, let's get people to throw bottles at at cops. Like, yeah. I mean, I think both are bad, but I don't know. Like that says more about me than anything else. No, but no, I'm I like think, more I bothered right, by man. that. I, I, cause like, I, man, it's just, that's the stuff which I think like I, I definitely get frustrated with. Like I, I, the, the hypocrisy of it, because I think like this stuff matters. Right. And, and this is my plea, I think for, for us, all, all of us in the church, right. Is that God calls us to, to like, to engage, not only, like, the indictment Christ has, right, um, for the disciples or for the people which are listening to him is that, like, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I right. was in prison, were you there? Like, it's the fact that we were not, you were not engaging, right? Like, you were able to walk by the person which was in in need, and, and Jesus is saying, like, that's where I am. That's where you can find me, right? And there's a little bit of that in, like, you know, which I get just tore up about by these people, which are just there, just like, like, cause that's not, that's not what you're trying right. to do. So right? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, uh, this is one of my favorite euphemisms, yeah. right? The euphemisms are fun, right? Yeah. One of my favorite euphemisms, you just described it. Yeah. Direct action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is a euphemism, right? So direct action is a euphemism for me going and getting a bunch of people yeah. to go and yell at other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to hire other people to, to do, do the thing that I want do. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the euphemism for that is direct action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Man. So there is a hungry person. I know I'll engage in direct action. I will go get a hundred of my friends yeah. to go yell at the public officials to hire somebody <laughs> to feed the hungry person. Yeah. Let's call that direct action. Yeah, man. No. So I get that. I think, so I'm with you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I guess I can see that all the way. I also think like, not only does it work, right? Like, it in in the West where we live in the United States, I actually think it is uh, one of the most beautiful things about living in in the United States. Is, is that, that you can get a hundred of your friends to yell at public officials yeah, to do your Christian duty for you? No, I think that to that is. I would say this is where we <laughs> might disagree. I would say right, to to let's fight. 
to no 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 <laughs> i'm gonna get a bunch of people yeah to yell at somebody to hire somebody to fight you for me yeah yeah no so i would say like uh the civil rights movement did exactly that um and so, and so wait wait let me finish let me finish my point let me finish my point it didn't it did it 100 percent did and this is what i would say right like and this, and I'm glad because now we're arguing. This yes, so we good, are. Right? Like, so that's that's what happened. Not only did they go in, they they marched and they said, look at me. And, and here's the thing that people don't understand, right? These marches had been going on for a long time, okay, before we got to uh, certain critical moments, right? You 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 run into uh, Martin Luther King at, who, who gets it, goes in jail in Birmingham. He pens his letter from a Birmingham jail, right, mm-hmm. and says, like, Hey, we've been doing this for a while. That's I'm, I'm going to break down that letter real quick. He says, we've been doing this for a while. We've been trying to show you that there's something here that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And like we can't we have we have tried to peaceably say like, hey, let's coexist. But these laws and these systems that are built up are not allowing us. So now we're going to put pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. By boycotting buses, by sitting in seats. Right. So that these public officials will do the Christian duty that we right th- that you guys should jump onto, Right. So that's number one. Number two, none of that mattered <laughs> until Selma happened. And you know what happened is because other people said we're going to get involved in this. And then it was televised. And then as they saw people getting bricks thrown at their heads, right. which these bricks had been thrown at their heads for a long time, people's congressmen started getting called. All right. Senators, city, I mean, uh, officials started getting called. And that's what ended up putting the pressure on 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 what? Like, you know, I'm saying uh, on uh, on these government officials to do the actual work. But it had to start there. So that's why I would say say that's a direct correlation in in that. You know what I'm saying? So this is this. So a couple of things. First of all. Yep. Totally agree. Second of all. I don't have a problem with what is called direct action. I just have a problem with calling it direct action. Okay. So can I just clarify? Like, I don't have a problem with people. We started this with agreement that people, Christians should engage in political action. Right. So I'm on board with political action. Just don't call it direct action. Call it like five steps of indirect action. I don't know whatever you want to call it, but be honest. But then third. Well, you want to call it direction. You want to call it direct action by, by you being the person getting a break thrown at your head? No. So here's actually where the direct action is. So you lumped in uh, political protest and marching with boycotts of buses, two totally different things. Boycotting buses is direct action. Yes. That's not, that's not me trying to get my friends to yell at somebody to change a rule. That's me saying to the bus lines, you don't get my business. Yeah. That's direct action. But if they just boy, boycotted the buses, that that was that would have only been part. It would yeah, no, they had to again, protest. I'm yeah. I'm I'm not <laughs> yeah. hear what I'm no, saying. No, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying if you're gonna say that protests don't right. work and Martin Luther no, King no. was wrong, that's you know what, what I said. That's I'm pretty sure that's what you said. <laughs> you heard <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, Elijah sure. is threatening to punch <laughs> me in the face again. <laughs> I finally got you back. That is what you said. You said Martin Luther King was wrong and he should have just only boycotted buses. That's what you said. All right. I said it. You heard it here, folks. Um, <laughs> no, just to clarify, I yeah. don't have a problem with using more than one tactic. I don't have a problem with political protest. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the caveats that I've already mentioned aside, like, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I do think it's really funny that people call it direct action. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not. Huh. And I would say that there is a big difference between like that. I, I, and that's where, again, like when I look at Jesus, and the way that he is engaging in 
that kind of political theater. Um, that political theater works because it is tied to that other more authentic, I mean, direct, I don't know what you would call it, but mm-hmm. like that direct individual response to some sort of a problem. Mm-hmm. Jesus clearly did that too. Yeah. And, and so when I see that with somebody where, which again, you know, I, I'm not a student of um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s life, but what I know of him he seems to be somebody who was doing both of those things too. Yeah. Was somebody who was very much much involved in, um, you know, again, I would need a different term for that, but the kind of direct action that I'm talking about, which is, you know, I see a problem. I'm going to go fix it out of my own resources. I see some sort of an injustice happening. I'm going to refuse to participate in it on my own. Yeah. Right. And then on top of that, there's also this kind of like political action where it's like, hey, let's get together and engage in these symbolic acts to call attention to this issue to try and get public officials to change laws. Fine. Yeah, we should we should try and get the laws right. Yeah. I'm not saying we shouldn't get the laws right. What I am saying is, you know, you showing up not knowing anything about the law or how to change it or make it better, but showing up for the protest because it makes you feel good about yourself. And not only are you not doing anything about it in your your day-to-day life, but you're actually contributing to the problem because you you just don't even think about it. Like that, that's the stuff that drives me insane. Yeah. No, I, so I would agree with you. I agree a hundred percent with you there, right? Like um, if you're not engaged and you're just showing up for photo ops, then like just to say like I was there, of course not. Right. I think what I'm more concerned about is that like, f- for me, what like we should be engaged with, the conversation right the ch- like the church and i'm talking about all of us here like we should be engaged with these conversations we don't get to to pick and choose which conversation we need to be engaged. we should be engaged with the conversation we should be knowledgeable about the conversation right we should have direct action like what you're saying but and i'm not again like i'm not sold on that like going and marching and 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 making a statement because I think like it does right, especially especially in the United States, marching has has the ability to move the needle directly no, because what it does yeah. is right symbolism matters. Yeah, symbolism matters, and because it also directly like the the politician directly sees votes, right? And if you get enough people. That means for you as a part, your livelihood is how many people believe that you're on their side. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, so it, so it does, there is that aspect of it that I think like you, you can move the needle directly by galvanizing people to come and say, Hey, we care about this issue. My problem is right. Is what how does how does the church respond to these things right so let's let's move past the civil rights movement and let's kind of get to today right in the last couple of years the george floyd right thing, i was gonna BLM. say we should we should yeah. keep it on race just as like a yeah yeah so like so like i see i see like so the the blm thing happens and all of a sudden right we start having conversations and i just like i made that comment a little bit earlier about like being able to like differentiate between like a slogan and like this, like this system uh, or this like organization or whatever. And like that becomes the conversation that becomes the most popular conversation. Mm-hmm. So much so, right? Like I can take you into like, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to speak specifically about my denomination yeah. where you have pastors 
splitting on this, not even trying to have like arguing about this, this, this conversation. And you have a group of pastors in it, which are African-American, black, whatever, brown. And they're saying like, listen, we, I don't care about this organization. Like I could care less about this organization. What I am telling you is like, we collectively have experiences where we feel this is the thing, right? Right. And we need to have a conversation and our, our congregants are wondering in our denomination, right? Like, how do we, how do we handle this? Now, how you handle it, how the conversation happens, that happens in individual things. But are we going to even talk about it? Yeah. The response from half that group was, we don't do that. We preach the gospel. Right. So, so now we have a problem here, right? right. Now there's a disconnect here, right? And so now you, that's, that's, that's where I'm saying like, that's, right. that's where I am pushing. And I have done this. I'm not saying this as somebody who was, was just like, just talking in the wind. I have done this not only in my church, Steve, you know me, man, I've done this here in the city of Buffalo. I've had conversations. I've had the opportunity to speak at the on radio stations and talk to right. different leaders. Like I'm, I am actively saying like, no. Like, if we're believers, we have to engage with the conversation. I don't even care if you disagree with me. I need you to sit down at the table with me because we need to engage in this conversation because I think God cares about this conversation. Yeah. And this is my frustrating thing is that, you know, in, this, in, this, in these different things, certain things, if you say them, yes, we'll have the conversation. Right. If it's about Israel... <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? People are out here, you know, flying the flag and blowing the chauffeur and like, yes, you know, blah, 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 and all this other stuff, right? You know, and like, if it's about abortion, like, yes. But like, when it comes to some of these other issues, which are not maybe as straight lined as we would like it, and they're tied up in history and all these different things, like, that's, that's, that goes back to the beginning of our conversation. How does then activism in the church how do we now engage with these conversations? And I think that's where the, the frustrating part no, is. No, so, I mean, I guess I don't exactly know where to go with this. I have a lot of thoughts about um, race, the church, Black Lives Matter, politics, like how all of that intersects, um, the gospel, like all of those things, how they come together. I mean, I would say of all of the hot-button political issues over the entire course of my life, the one that has the clearest most direct and strongest connection directly to the gospel itself is the issue of race. Yeah. Um, way, way more than any other political issue. And just to make that, that explicit. You know, and so maybe you can give your definition of the gospel too, but I would define the gospel succinctly as the, the message that Jesus is actually in charge and through his bloodshed on the cross, he is setting right all manner of evil things in the world. Yeah. Right. He is, he is fixing it all. And part of what he is explicitly fixing, which this is all throughout Old Testament, New Testament, this is a theme that runs throughout the entire scriptures, is that God is fixing the division that exists between people groups. Yeah. And that he's reconciling peoples to each other in him, right? And that yeah. that is explicitly a part of the gospel. There were places in the New Testament where apostles got this one wrong and they were confronted by other apostles because they were failing to live up to the truth of the gospel yeah, yeah. when they wouldn't eat of with people, you know, Christians of other races. Yeah. So I think this is actually a place where like, if you're going to say we're preaching the gospel and you're not talking about racial reconciliation, you're just, you don't understand what the gospel is. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, that needs to be said and addressed. But I also think, 
I do understand the, like, I, I feel like I understand a lot of different perspectives around the last few years of, um, kind of racial tension, racial political tension in our country. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, I remember the first time I heard about black lives matter, mm-hmm. uh, as a movement, as a slogan. Um, and it was like, man, that's, a, that's a really, that's either a, a, a sadly unfortunate choice of phrase, or that is an intentionally inflammatory choice of phrase Mm -hmm. because the only thing that's going to do is divide people. It is not You're, you're going to take people who are predisposed to believe in the value of black lives Mm -hmm. and you're going to turn them against you. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to do by using that phrase. That 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 was the first thought that I had when I heard that. Yeah. And that's exactly what has happened. And I do wish that, and I mean, I think you probably have to say it's mostly white conservatives. Like that's probably the group. Um, You know, I wish white conservatives had more grace and could hear that phrase and understand what motivates it without responding defensively, but also like they're people just like everybody else. Yeah. And so like, again, like that. So I think, you know, there is, there's black lives matter, the sentiment, yeah. There's Black Lives Matter the phrase. There's Black Lives Matter the movement and there's Black Lives Matter the organization. Yeah. And like all four of those I have very different opinions about. Yeah. No, and I think look, I I, I get that. I think um I I don't necessarily want to go down that that road just because like I don't I don't know. Like I feel like I I I never like and I don't think that you're doing this. I just don't want to like defend that right? right like you know what i'm saying because i could care less about that right like i said like i could stand here wear a black lives matter shirt and i would feel okay about it and i really wouldn't care if somebody came up and said like wait i'll be like mind your own business like I mean, like that's right. that's the real real reason that i mean that's the way i feel about it i think though um for for me uh, to, to make it more sp- specific here i think i am more concerned that um when when people said Hey, I need to. I'm I'm saying this very jarring thing because I understand, and I don't. I think it was actually more than conservatives. I think it was moderates as well. I think maybe yeah. yeah I think there was there was a frustration with that because it didn't make sense at first, right? It's just like the whole like, hey, we want to defund the police, but no, we're not actually talking about defunding the police, even though the word defund the police means like the word defund means like you know what I mean it's just like well, why and, do you, and like, there are a lot of people out there who actually do want to defund and the yeah police. and the, some of the people in our group actually want to defund the police they actually don't want the police to exist like it's just like so that's why I'm just like man that's just whatever but like I think where where I got frustrated right is when um when these conversations started happen in evangelicalism Right. White evangelicalism. White evangelical. Well, I would say evangelicalism as a whole, because this is what I would say. This is the reason why I would say that, because I think in evangelicalism, what what has been happening for the last 10 to 15 years, there's been really this push for diversity. Right. All when you look at the stats as far as and I'm not even talking about a multi-ethnic church because we we have a similar understanding of what multi-ethnic means. But what I mean is that diversity in the church that there are more than one ethnicity right which were in the church and it didn't make the predominant number in there we've seen a, a uptick of that right yeah. and i think um and um you know i'd say about 20 20 years ago there was you know um i, I follow 
uh, the Jew project, uh, Jew three project, which is, um, it's trying to be kind of like a, uh, it's, it's really, it's a black apologetics podcast, right. For, for African-Americans dealing with like some of the, the like nation of Islam, you know, st- things which are really deal with black culture. They do a really good job, but they also put out some statistics and stuff around certain things. There was a mass exodus of African-Americans into white evangelical churches for uh, uh, this. That would be a different podcast, but for a myriad of other reasons, right. Of, of young, of the young African-Americans that moved into like predominantly white evangelical churches. So when these conversations started taking place, Right. And there were there was a question of like, why are we not talking about this? Or I need to say it's because you're my pastor. You, yeah. Do you understand that? Like I broke away from like family and tradition and like my my grandfather's grandfather's grandfather or whatever went to this church. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'm there's some people who can date the, the churches that they went to uh, traditionally back to slavery. And like I am now coming into your church. I am trusting you to shepherd my soul. And I'm telling you that I'm feeling this way. And all you can hear in the midst of my frustration, right, is you're frustrated about what a phrase sounds like, right? That that's problematic. No, I I, I think you're right. You know, I think that's where I would say. So, I've I uh, you know, I actually haven't had this conversation about Black Lives Matter in a while, Um, but. But there was a period where it was the only conversation I was having, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in that time, there were two. There were two. The, like, I always have these two people often in mind when I'm thinking about political conversations, because, and I'm not even going to begin to like tell you who they were. Um, <laughs> I'll guess. <laughs> you might be able to. I don't want anybody to guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess. Um, but you know, a person who I would describe as progressive and an idiot. Yeah. Right. So I have friends who are progressive and not idiots. Right. But this is a person who is progressive and an idiot and a person who is conservative and an idiot. I also have conservative friends who are not idiots. Right. So, but these were like two people that I'm in relationship with to the degree that I love them and they love me. But one of them is like idiotically progressive and the other one is idiotically conservative. And with both of them, it was like, I kept ha- like p- pleading with them to stop being idiots yeah. basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? And with the conservative person, it was like, no. Okay. So maybe there were some Marxists involved in the creation of this organization. Yeah. When somebody's walking around with a black lives matter t-shirt on, they don't even know that Like yeah. that's not what they're about. And okay. So maybe this phrase implies that black lives don't matter to you and they actually do. And so it's insulting. I get that, but that's not what it's meant to convey. Right. So like, like just dial it down a little bit and actually be willing to engage with people across the political spectrum from you with some degree of understanding and compassion. The person on the other side, I'm having the same exact kind of conversation with them too, where it's like, look, just come back, like put the sword in the sheath, man. Like, yeah. You know, like, no, those, those people on the other side don't hate black people. Yeah. They don't like Marxism. Yeah. They don't like being called racist when they've actually done a lot of work, maybe even more work than you to eradicate racism from their community. Yeah. So no, like, like have some compassion and understanding for people on the other side of the political spectrum from you. And I was having that conversation with these two people at the same time, Yeah. which was really like, I, I wished I don't know. It just, it was, 
it was hard to deal with. Yeah. And so I'm like, I totally hear you. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean the, like my take on certainly on black lives matter, the sentiment is like, yeah, everybody should agree with that. Yeah. Um, everybody should agree with the phrase, but I think I understand why, how the phrase rubs some people the wrong way because yeah. it, it, it's kind of like a, have you stopped beating your wife kind of a statement? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, <laughs> if you say that to people who are beating their wives, then it's appropriate. But if you You're don't beat to, your wife, yeah. like it's going to be a little offensive. Yeah. It's going to tick people off. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, I made my point. No, no, and I, I'm with you, and and that's the and that's the thing which I th- I think like this is this is the the crux of 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 I think where I get frustrated with when I say the church, right, the evangelical church, because yeah. I love it, I'm a part of it, right, right, like I'm I can't distance it away f- from me, right, like this is the tool that God has used, you know, in my life and in using in my children's life and my wife's life and my family, and so like. It's not all bad, but like we also just because it's not all bad, right? Like it doesn't mean that we don't have to call out. And I think like we should move and have good conversations. I don't know how many pastors have walked away, have left their jobs because they've said like, hey, let's have this conversation very, very popularly right now. Mm-hmm. There's um, a church in D.C. It's called um, uh, Mc, McLean Bible Church, uh, David Platt. Um, I don't know if you know David Platt. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's a famous author and preacher. Um, is the pastor of that church. Um, they are facing this problem right here that we're talking about. It was written up about, I don't know, did you, read, did you hear about mm-hmm. that? No, no, so basically, no, no. just in short, and really, really short, is that they had, it was time for new elders to come. They had been engaging in conversations, right, um, about um, race and all those different things and trying to diversify their elder board, right? So it was time for them to vote new elders. I think uh, a couple of the elders were, were black, and so people in the congregation basically started a smear campaign, right? And writing to members and saying, like, we can't, they're going to sell this this thing and they're going to sell it to, like, this organization. And, you know, we're going to move from being, this is, this is quote, being called McLean Bible Church to McMelanin Bible Church, right? Yeah. Like, like th- these are, th- like, all because... They said, hey, we're going to engage because our church is no longer, right, predominantly Caucasian. It is a diverse church. We have black, we have Asian, we have, we have, you know what I'm saying, uh, Native American. Like, we are a multi-ethnic church. We need to, and there's concerns that are coming out of, the converse, out of this, and we're going to figure out ways that we can move. They're not, man, if you know David Platt, David Platt's not out here in March. I mean, I don't know if he did, but like, you know what I mean? Like, from what I know, like, it's, it's not, it's not this like, they're not becoming liberal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, not a progressive church. Yeah, it's not a progressive church by any stretch of imagination. That's not who Platt is, right? And so he has to come out and say, like, hey, this is what's up. And what I'm saying, there's this visceral thing that that's come up. And 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 this is what I mean. Just again, just to put a bow on it. I know we're kind of concentrated on the, the like the race thing. It I see it every time. It's when women in ministry. Mm-hmm. Right now, right? Like when you have famous pastors um, telling people like who have been doing ministry for years, like um, Beth Moore, that she's a, she's a home shopping network salesperson, right? Like, man, what are we talking about? I mean, we can we can keep going. We can keep going on these conversations, right? It's not just race. It's it's all these other things. And you have a cry from a segment of the church always right right now in the evangelical church and it feels like 
right? We we're saying things like, let's let's just preach the gospel. And I, this is where I end my my thought on this is is this right? I agree hundred percent with what you said about what the gospel definition is. And in the book of Mark, in the first chapter, in the first couple of verses, I'm, I'm preaching twenty something weeks through through Mark right now. In the book of Mark, uh, Mark says. This is the the gospel of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, John was preaching, right? Like, come and repent because it's coming. N.T. Wright in his commentary says, like, this, he says, the, the, the equivalence, the only way he can give you a word picture is like as if you were in a deep sleep and somebody burst into your room, right? In the middle of you sleeping, drool coming down your mouth, right? Like you're you're gone. Light shines in and he says, wake up as loud as you can. And then gets a bucket of ice cold water and then splashes it on your, on your face and then says something new's happened. And people were running to the outskirts, right? To say, I'm going to something, because there was an expectation not just that their soul would be changed, right. even and 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 we can go into detail that like Jewish people weren't even conter- concerned about like eternal secure eternal life in heaven, like that wasn't there. But like because they understood what it meant to live under oppression, mm-hmm. and the news that the Messiah had come meant something was about to change from that. Right. And and that's the thing that I think like we have to as any time we see something that could be oppressive. We have to be able to get out of our own feelings, right? And think like, are you talking about me? I'm the oppressor and saying, no, there is something here which is spiritual, which is demonic, which has been around a lot longer than we have, a lot longer than the United States has been around, right? right? You know, and and say like, it is is oppressive, it it is broken, and we need to stand up and act, directly act right as as a joint church together. And we are living in a space in the West, the United States, where we can do that better than any other time in history and more than any mm. other and any other congregate any I was other with you country. right up until then. I, I just what where would keep, you say keep, keep talking? Let me ask well, no, no, okay. no, no. I'm gonna finish on that. I'm gonna finish on that. But I'm just saying, like, we are living in a time where we can we can we can do that, right? Mm. And not be jailed or persecuted. You know what I'm saying? And don't tell me like them taking you off of Facebook is, is persecution, okay? Because it's not. Donald. And so, so anyways, that's what Wait, I'm saying. Wait, is he on Facebook? <laughs> I, I know he's not on Twitter. Steve was like, yes, yes. Mm, I don't know about that, Elijah. <laughs> he was like, you went, you went a tattoo. You went too far. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, I should have kept my mouth shut because the only thing that I disagreed with was something that actually isn't relevant to our conversation. But <laughs> 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 bad habit. Uh, this is a good conversation. Yeah. But <laughs> so, yes, yes. I mean, I, I actually agreed with that rant. Like I said, with the one caveat aside, yeah, I agree with it. And I think that what, what I've heard from you both in this conversation and also in others and just, you know, I mean, like even your, that letter that you wrote how, when well, I was probably like a year ago now, something like that. Um, you know, I've had, I had conversations with you then when you wrote it and I do, I do understand and resonate with and agree with you that, um, the corner of the church that we call home, probably more the Wesleyans than the vineyard. I think the vineyard, so the vineyard, it's not a progressive movement politically, but it mm-hmm. leans in a more progressive direction than the Wesleyans do for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but um, so there, there was a lot more, I mean, you, you see a lot more kind of like of that woke, woke progressive mm. um, ideology in the vineyard than you do. Like, I don't know that there's any of that in the Wesleyan church, at least that. I, yeah. Right. No, I mean, it's very like, I would be considered that. And you know me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's, not, that's not who you are, Elijah. <laughs> no, you're not that. So, and, and I mean, there's not a ton of that in the vineyard, but there's yeah. room, there is room for it in the vineyard and there are those voices in the vineyard. Um, yeah. And I don't think that you have any of the like cranky conservative voices in the vineyard. Like those don't exist really. Yeah. Um, so, so we do come from like the movements are different yeah. in, along those lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, 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 the evangelical church hasn't done a great job historically or currently in um, addressing addressing issues of justice around race, um, for sure. Yeah, like I don't have any problem saying that. I think that what, and, and that's, a, that's a, a huge problem. It's a moral problem. It's a gospel problem. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a political problem. It's a social problem. It's an ethical problem. It's a spiritual problem. It's a theological problem. It's just not good. But I think that the the thing that I want to bring in to balance that is that like there is a problem on the other side of it too. And that is to, to harken back to what I said towards the very beginning, I like as much as I know that my gut isn't right when it comes to that kind of like discussed with political theater mm-hmm. because Jesus engaged in it. And I know that there are times and places that I ought to engage in it. I also know that my gut isn't wrong either because mm-hmm. there is this, like there is a real danger in engaging in um, not just political theater, but engaging in the the kind of like political impulse when it becomes um, an inoculation against personal action. And, yeah, you know, and yeah, and yeah. It, and it really is a lot. Yeah, it really is a lot that people people confuse, um, you know, voting for a policy with living that policy out in their lives all the time. Yeah, yeah, and. And I think that's equally dangerous. I mean, that, like, you know, I see people with Black Lives Matter signs in their yard and they live in neighborhoods where like, there's not a black person. Inside. Right. It's like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like that, yeah. that, that kind of a, you know, I mean, there, there's, I mean, the, 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 and, and I mean, that kind of hypocrisy exists at so many different iterations yeah. in society yeah. um, that it, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's frustrating. And I think that, as much as the church shouldn't be engaged in, you know, ignoring problems and, and refusing to have conversations, you know, like what you described, some of the, some of the experiences that you personally have had and other black uh, uh, pastors and leaders in the Wesleyan movement have, have had, that's not good. That's, that's wrong. Yeah. Um, But the flip side of it is, you know, there are places where the church is just like in this kind of reactionary mode um, and is not really, engaging from, from the place of God's heart. And it's, it's just not motivated by any of that. It's motivated by, you know, whatever pursuit of political power or, you know what I mean? And, and I don't, I don't like that either. I think that's just as bad. And so what I, what I would really want to see, you know, we're, again, we're talking about, we started this with the broader topic of activism and specifically in the area of race is I would want to see all Christians everywhere, every single one of us, responding to the gospel call to be in loving relationships with people who are nothing like us except their faith in Christ. Yeah. And that those relationships would involve, you know, eating together and praying for each other and getting to know one another across the cultural divide that that we have. 
precisely because of the gospel. So I would want to see every single Christian recognizing that, well, I'll say I've, I've defined Christian maturity this way in our church at times, that a, a mature Christian is a Christian who is engaged in those kinds of relationships. Yeah. And so if you are a Christian and you don't have any of those kinds of cross-cultural relationships, by definition, you're not a mature Christian. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, I think that that is something all Christian, that's the direct action that all Christians should be engaged in. Yeah. And then on top of that, out of that place of deep, authentic commitment to living out the gospel in a way that is, you know, stitching together uh, groups of people across the the painful wounds of history mm-hmm. for the sake of Jesus, right? So if if the church is engaged in that kind of an authentic place, then I think we have both the insight and wisdom and the authority um, to to actually begin to speak to some of the like, you know, political questions. Yeah, yeah. No, I and I would say um, just to you know because I know we run over time, but just 20 seconds, I would say, if we don't do what you're talking about, right? If we don't have that heart, we, we're not willing to have those hard conversations to sit around the table to love one another because the cross brings us together. Um, like the church will lose ground. Yeah. And I think you have a bunch of young people, right? Which are confused which are coming into these spaces and because they don't, they're, they're not seeing it. They're thinking it doesn't exist. And, and unfortunately what you, what you think you see is what you believe actually exists. Right. Mm -hmm. And just like earlier when you said, Hey, let's just make sure that even as we're talking about the church, that we're giving credit because the spirit is at work. Yep. And so sometimes, yeah, the loudest voices may not be, you know, they're not always the ones which are doing all the work. Right. Like, and so like, and I think my fear is, mm. and I think statistics pan this out. Barna has done some really good studies on it and younger folks are just not seeing it and they're just running. Right. Right. Um, I think uh, last time I checked like the Southern Baptist, like, which was like, I, I want to say um, like maybe three, four years ago. The stat that they lost like something like a hundred or two hundred thousand people under the age of like thirty, mm. right? In the last like uh, presidential like uh, tenure with Trump, like they were just like we're out of here. And I don't think it was it was racial. I think it's because of this conversation. They were like, well, how do we how do we engage around? Like, why are we? And and I just think, and it's not because man, both of them like God does not care about. Republicans or Democrats like or, or like that the political party he cares about the people obviously but like just like we we have to be able to engage with these things God only loves independence you heard it here with pastor oh Elijah. my gosh that's a that, that's a good place to end <laughs> if we don't stop there Elijah's gonna punch me <laughs> uh, I mean you, you gotta say what you said about Martin Luther King. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You were yeah. You were only threatening to punch me to defend Martin Luther King's honor. That's it. That's it. it. You got anything serious to say before we end? No, man. I think this. These are the conversations I think that we need to have because, like, again, when we talked about doing this podcast, I was like, man, like, yes, there's nuance there, right? We landed in the same spot, but in some of that, like, there's nuance and we're, we're fleshing it out. But I just think like this is what needs to happen. If we want to get to that place where where I feel like we're both talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
this is the way that conversations need to happen. Yeah. And so hopefully we're modeling it and people are listening to it and they're so, being blessed by it. So what, what I heard Elijah say is that if you really want to be faithful Christians, be like you us. have to buy a podcast <laughs> studio and then have conversations <laughs> with people and then public, publicly broadcast. Now, actually, what they need to do is uh, subscribe <laughs> and, and write that this is their favorite podcast in the comment <laughs> section and then oh continue gosh. to listen to us right. and then they can... No, no, no. I think really, if you really want to be faithful to Christ, you have to send money. Exactly. I need a new jet. (laughs) The only saving point in that sentence is the fact that we don't actually have a way to receive funds for this podcast. And I don't have an original jet. So so. my jet is really old. It's sad. It's sad how old my jet is. Oh, man. Uh, Walking has been nice for a very long time. I wouldn't even know how to turn oh, the corner and make this serious again if we tried. Oh, man. No. Good, All right, man. Good combo. Yep. Thanks. Two Forty Two is a podcast of Buffalo Vineyard Church in Buffalo, New York. Learn more about who we are and get in touch with us at buffalovineyard.org. We'd love it if you'd subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating. Thank you for listening. <laughs>